You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hey everybody, this is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And uh, lately, we bringing you a whole bunch of writers and poets. I'm very happy to have DJ McGowan every day bite here on the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Welcome, brother. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure uh, to, to kind of be on here and chop it up. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, uh, encountered uh, encountered your poetry, and then before we popped on, you know, uh, I had mentioned just seeing the, uh, the, the the performance of the you know spoken word poetry, and uh, just just really uh, really uh, overwhelmed and amazed uh, in in that. And one of the things I wanted to mention before we start off is. Um, you know, within the show, uh, audio podcast, and uh, there's been times in the show where dealing with conceptual stuff, which is part of the fun of the show, but there's just something about when I've had, you know, guests on and whether it's the music I cut to or a spoken word or a reading from the novel, it's just, I don't know, I, I just love the energy inherent in that art because it's it's right there. And that's part of a big reason for having you for having you on. I just I really feel it. So, um, yeah, really, really great to, to have you on. But I wanted to ask you, um, uh, you know, just generally right off the bat, I mean, tell the, the listeners about uh, what you do. I understand you uh, run around in the uh, New York City area up there in, in the Bronx uh, doing poetry. What's that mean uh, for you? Like, what, what what's the experience like for you doing that? Um, <clears throat> always, always kept a journal, always wrote, always kind of dug poetry when I was younger and growing up, but kind of kept it to myself for a long time. And then maybe... I started sharing it, more my written stuff online, things like that, trying to submit places. And then I just was going through some stuff, long story short, in life, had relocated back down towards the city, uh, living in the Bronx. Someone told me, you know, um, I knew I wrote poetry. Oh, you know, right over where you live, there's an open mic. Maybe you should go read. I was shit scared of that for a while. And then, I don't know, something came over me. And I was like, I'll go there. No one even knows who I am. I can just read and and see what happens. And I went. I signed up. I didn't even know anything about that. I, so I signed up first because I was there so early. So then I broke the ice. And then I'm and so then I just do my thing. And and there was just a few people there that, including the host, that just kind of took to me and come back. You should you know. There's that, oh, you should go. There's this other one down here in the, in the South Bronx. There's this other one over here. Oh, I know a buddy that does this one in Brooklyn. And I just like, I fell in love with it. And it became just like the healthiest addiction that like I felt like I could have. Um, and, and then just being in New York City, you just get into a lot of rooms where it's a, a mixture of uh, written red and spoken word. And there was something about the power of watching other spoken word artists sort of emote and it's theatrical to a sense but pull from like a real emotional place to kind of make that be part of what you're doing and and then i i just never looked back and 
yeah, for, for me, it's just a place. It becomes, um, I feel very free when I, when I'm doing it. And then, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of took off from there, uh, where it kind of built a little bit for myself here in like the tri-state area to, to perform and start to get features and things like that. And, um, it's just a very, yeah, freeing thing for me. It's therapeutic to a sense, but I, I really feel like I get to be myself when, yeah. I, when I'm performing. Yeah, I love that you said that. I mean, part of the part part of the show, you know, doing art and philosophy, and I, I, I put it in there and mentioned it to folks as kind of uh, liberation, you know, that o- overall concept. And um, if there's one thing I like about, you know, doing the show and talking to guests is that uh, – that many times they move to a, a, a point in their art that they're being themselves, you know, like things aren't perfect. Like how do you be a poet? How do you get a gig, um, you know, with music, you know, there's struggles in there, but um, kind of inhabiting the space where uh, you feel more like yourself. I've done this as, as a host and uh, you know, as an engaged brain uh, like yourself, like you're, you know, I can see how in, in creating, uh, it transforms. And, uh, I didn't know all that besides in the doing, right? Like in the doing, how you find, how you find that out. What was it like that, um, uh, that initial feeling of being uh, affirmed, right? So you're scared shitless, you're jumping up there, you sign up for, you go into that, but not just that, like, as you started, what was it like for you to have some of the inform- affirmation, you know, as a poet, what was that experience like? Um, it came like pretty quick in the sense of the fear going away because the host of the show I mentioned, it, that was like a November ish. I think it was like, it was like late fall, early winter, something like that. And at the end of the show, she came up to me and said, Hey, you live in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, I'm trying to feature more people that are like actually in this neighborhood. Would you want to be our January feature? So I'm like, I'm, I, this is the first open mic I even signed up for. And I'm being asked, can I do 10, 15 minutes, like two months from now? And it kind of, I was, you know, you get imposter syndrome. What, like, what did she, did she hear the same thing? She I heard from myself. Did she think I was the other guy or, yeah. You right. know, and so, and, and part of it, oddly enough, she said, she was like, there's bravery in being willing to break the ice. Meanwhile, I'm like, I didn't even know what I was signing. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing. And then they just called my name first, and I was like, "Oh shit! I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going first. No, I'm, you know, I'm not going to walk out now." Uh, and that kind of accidentally tripped me into sort of um, her kind of approaching me to do the feature. And then you know, I realized I was afraid of the performing part, but I actually wasn't like nervous about going first, or it was more about being being vulnerable and sharing, you know. Uh, poetry that's dealing with personal stuff and then it kind of yeah it kind of like snowballed from there and i went to other places and then when i started to i really got fascinated watching a lot of the spoken word artists turn it into like a perform like a performance piece where it wasn't that it was because i read right i'll i'll perform whatever way i feel like it but it was something about oh man like if i could just get away from the mechanics of holding the paper and if i could 
if I could like allow my, because I talk with my hands as you see right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, so I, I'm like, you know, so I'm, I'm like, oh man. And then one of them had said to me, that's what led him to do it because he felt he was bottling himself and that people kept being like, you're, you're, you're shaking up there. And it was more, oh, if I can actually speak my poems the way I actually speak in real life to people where I love to use my hands and I, and I love to accentuate and I, and I love to look at people. And that was another big thing, too, when you really start to make eye contact with people is where I started to feel very comfortable in that, oh, I'm actually being myself right now. I'm, I'm not acting these emotions. This is how I truly feel about this poem. This is either the wherever the place that it came from in me. And now I'm actually getting to be me in front of people. And um, it was like a snowball effect, the comfort. You know, I uh, now I get nervous in the sense I've narrowed it down to where the only audience member is me. And so I just get nervous because I want to impress myself. That was another big thing, too. I, I, you have to be like, I'm not writing stuff for the people in the room. Like I'm writing stuff for myself. And then you hope there's like a connection to the people in the room. But I started to kind of like compartmentalize and distance myself where it's like, if I'm a satisfied audience member to myself, then that's kind of all that started to matter to me. Yeah. And then, um, and then it just feels like you're, you know, it becomes like, like anything else once you're used to it and you enjoy it. That's why I always tell myself, I'm like, if, if I decide I don't enjoy it anymore, then I'll have to reanalyze if yeah, I'm still doing it, it up. for myself or not. Yeah, shake it up and 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 do it that way. Well, um, you know, uh, talk, talking a bit uh, philosophy. Um, you know, I when I study philosophy and a, a philosopher, um, you know, I'm I've always been interested in the interaction of art. You know, like because philosophy and art tend to be like you know the big ideas of why we're doing all this type of thing. Um, and I wanted to ask you the question like uh, early on here about what is what is art what do you think art what do you think art is i mean from my own sort of experience i i mean it's like um it's like it's it's sort of the the individuals it's it's the hidden language and trying to explain your your sort of lived experience uh both internally and how that how that hidden language exists both internally and externally within the world um and you, the language be the internal language becomes more clear the more honest you are i guess i i mean i guess art to me is it is it's like kind of like a an honest hidden internal language that, you know, you it's for some reason only, you know how to speak to yourself. <laughs> yeah. So you, kinda, you sort of just throw it I out there. And that, yeah. And then, and then, you know, that's the internal experience. And then obviously I've, I've struggled with the external experience of creating things. And then once they're in someone else's hands, that how they, they become, not yours and like it becomes not your it's like a I, I, this is a terrible definition <laughs> i'm just rambling here no um, no it's, like, it's like a weird kind of 
yeah, it's like a sacred internal language built in honesty that is both yours and open to be everyone else's, which is, I think, the really scary part of it is because then there's external interpretation to that language, right? Like, if if you started speaking French to me right now, I might be able to gauge on your the context and your inflection of what you might be saying, or, and but there's going to be a whole bunch that I don't know that now I am projecting onto that as to what I might interpret it as, and, and yeah, so if I, hidden language, I guess I'll go, I'll stick with that. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the this, it's interesting you mentioned that um uh, about the, about the language too, and I I, I love that love that approach. I I was um been rewatching uh kind of seminal uh and obviously a difficult text by Cloud Lonsman Shoah uh as a nine and a half hour uh, movie about the the Holocaust. And, but one of the fascinating pieces for me was like, I had to situate myself within the cadence of speech because you would have, um, you know, one language spoken and then it's a French film. So it's a French interpreter. And so you, you have, I'm, I'm really watching somebody speak in whether it's in Yiddish, German, uh, Czech, and, you know, what meaning do I glean from that? And then there's the French translation back to Cloud Lonsman. And then you see what the translation is. And it's I haven't really had I, I remember back to watching it the first time, the experience of like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm feeling the emotions in the body and, and the ups. And I think I know. And then there's like this kind of revelation in it. And um, sure. it's just been such a, a, a unique experience. And I'm uh, thinking about um what you said, I wanted to ask and uh, follow up, uh, uh, mention a couple comments. Um, normally I ask what's the role of art, but I'm going to ask you to roll a poetry and I want to mention a couple things, uh, uh, within the tradition of philosophy, uh, there's a few points that uh, poetry is brought up as a, is a huge topic with strong opinions. And, um, you find it in the history of, uh, within Plato's philosophy that the, that the poet is to, you know, be banished from the uh, ideal city. And, and, and Plato's critique, which is kind of ancient, but at the time was that, you know, the gods were important. And what poets did was kind of, I don't know, kind of mess around with the gods, that it wasn't honoring uh, the gods. So the, the poet was uh, viewed with suspicion. And um, fast forward to like another extended a study I've had of um, poetry within philosophy is um, uh, Martin Heidegger, the German philosophy, had a, a essay on uh, the question concerning technology and uh, early concerns about technology and the potential for technology to supplant uh, the human or the need for a human endeavor. And, uh, and in this wonderful flourish, which either infuriates you or you love, and I, I loved, towards the end, for Heidegger within that, the saving grace, the saving power is poetry. Poetry as the form, poetry as the way of expression in particular uh, for him was Holderlin's uh, poetry within Germany. So like I've always, not always, I think about when poetry is brought up in philosophical terms, it's like, uh, you know, all this way to like banish the poets historically to like the poets will have the answers because we can't explain it in our philosophical terms. We can't convince everybody, but a poet is going to grab at the heart. A poet's going to go, go in, um, 
uh, is going to go in like that. So I wanted to ask you, uh, more limited, what's the role of poetry? We're in 2024. This will be a crazy political year. People, things sure. have changed that people feel. But what, what do you think the role of poetry is, like, say, now uh, in 2024? It's like initially, you know, I feel like as a poet, you always want to say like, it's the rebel, you know, it's like the rebellious and it is, but I feel like that's actually really tough to do. Uh, But in rooms and in when I'm like up close and personal with other poets and whatever, whatever they're doing and whatever they're, um, connection, maybe, you know, I think there's like a, they're a connector in a way that, that you're expressing the emotional truth in a way that others feel that they might not be able to express that way. Sort of, there's a way to give words to connection to self and connection to others that maybe others can't find the words for. And that's just based off of what I just feel like I feel and see. uh, And I guess in modern times when I'm in rooms with poets and they're performing that they're sort of always like kind of the outskirts of yes. You know, some people believe the the poet is the ultimate rebel or, uh, but yeah, I would think there's a sense of connection and speaking into the world uh, an emotional truth that reverberates within other people that might not always have the words for that. And I think I even see examples of that, even in my own like circle of friends or family that don't necessarily, uh, you know, get down with poetry like that, but sort of when they give it a chance, sometimes even whether it's mine or other ones I share with them where they're kind of, uh, you know, um, yeah, I feel that way. I, I don't know if I know, I don't know if I would say it like that, but I feel what these words are expressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, connection, I, I think, yeah, I, well, I, for me not to interrupt, but I, um, <clears throat> as a philosopher and, you know, I'm, I'm good with words and lyricism. I'm really sensitive to it that when, when others do it, but I've, for me, the way I've described it when I've encountered is that like, there are things like a philosopher can express, but there's some, um, there's some crystallization, uh, with words, uh, with the poet. And I don't know if that's the right word, but it like, you cannot combine words. You cannot combine ideas except for in poetry that, that, that give that, um, it's, it's form or it's openness for me. I could try to explain the a philosophical concept of, of free will or, or try to have that discussion, but, sure. um, you know, the the two conjoined words in line three of the poem might have already done all the heavy lifting. You know? So no, yeah, it's sort of like when you look at anything, whether it's it's instructional or you're making music or you know, it, there's a science to it all. Like you know, like there's there's frequencies in music that there's like there's a breakdown to the science of that, and then with philosophy, like there's there's ideas that have been examined that like, yes, a philosopher could break this down and sort of explain the, 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 the how to's and the why's in a very, you know, way, how do I translate this? And then poetry is, it's like this odd, 
breaker of rules <laughs> where it's trying to kind of like you're sort of trying to mix and match these big broad ideas that you feel existentially or whatever and there is sort of like a pattern to how you decide to form your words but it all goes back to well i'm still basing all of this on this this feeling and to define feeling is just I always feel like I'm just constantly chasing an impossibility with poetry. You know, it's, I'm trying to give words to a, like an innate, like I can't even hold it. And I'm trying to give it these, like, I'm trying to give it audible meaning. Um, which is, which is why I think I ended up gravitating towards more like performance poems because I can enhance that through through my own emotive movement state. is like part of the part of the movement i picked up on on, on that um I mean, people pointed out like in my head maybe it's so super rational not realizing uh within movement movement and sound and you know exploring that within the show of dancing and seeing like all that energy energy that 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 comes about through that um i wanted to to drop in a little bit um you know, maybe in your mind talking about some of the work you do around sound and, and, and music and that combination. Sure. Uh, for me, I grew up, um, I grew up, uh, early hip hop, uh, you know, 1980s up in, up in Rhode Island. And, you know, the kind of lyric form, uh, that I've had throughout my life is kind of like that kind of popular, uh, sure. hip hop, hip hop culture, lyricism, dropping, dropping the truth that way, funny rhymes, all that stuff. And, uh, um, I've realized in having poets, uh, on the show, um, the the power or the importance or maybe the omnipresence of like that that way of telling uh there can you can you tell us a little bit about um you know uh about uh, about sound music and some of the work you do around that to combine these sure. elements or accentuate them i think with anything i constantly want to push my own personal boundary and see if I can handle something. And I think that's just the natural progression. You know, my words were only on a page and then they went from a page to coming out of my mouth. Uh, but then I noticed when I look back at the influence of so much from you know, probably my childhood where I grew up with a, a sister and a lot of older friends that infused hip hop into my ears. And then I had a dad that was listening to sort of, classic rock borderline heavier rock and then a mother that was listening to sort of like elvis and the beatles and there was just all these sounds coming at me at once yeah. um and i felt like i started to see that even when i was performing that there was starting to be an innate rhythm in how i was performing even though there was nothing uh, audio wise backing me yeah yeah and then naturally you gravitate uh you know growing up around the city and then and then going into like a spoken world world based in New York City. So there's going to be a whole influence of hip hop right off the bat that is in spoken word rooms um, and, and how rhythm comes from that. And then I started to dabble in mixing that first. I did my own kind of spoken word album a couple of years ago. I was sort of tackling some heavy stuff. My relationship with my father when I was younger, he, he, he died when I was younger. 
and um, had a lot of more hip hop influence and had a lot of friends within the city that were dabbling in that sort of mixing things for me. And, and that was, and that was great. It was a good experience. And uh, my buddy, Denny, who I do some stuff was also on it with his guitar. Uh, And then I kind of, again, I was like, I, I took a step back and I was like, well, I do love all that, but I also love all of this too. Yeah. (laughs) And so I started to think like, well, how do I do my version yeah. Of spoken word. And so I kind of really started messing with what I love about like kind of written red poetry and what I love about spoken word and trying to push them together. Um, and, and take by my love for both hip hop and kind of more, we were talking about before we got on like psychedelia, psychedelic yeah. rock, heavier stuff. And how do I kind of, merge these um and now i feel like i've tapped into that uh particularly with my buddy uh denny that we sort of have a duo we call ourselves subtle bodies and we we did some stuff over the years and now we're really trying to push kind of all the things i just mentioned that we both kind of love into our own sort of vibe or sound or um whatever whatever you want to call it but it's cool because i He's letting one. He's letting me live out my dream of like being in a rock band, uh, even though I can't sing for shit. And so it's cool that he's just like, no, man, like you do what you do. Like I, you do, I want yeah. you here because I, I want you to do spoken word. I want you to do what you do. And then I'm, and then it's like you know. And then with him, he he does what he does. And so uh, it's been fun. It's been sort of like a learning curve, um, but but it's it's enhanced. I think my creativity, I think it's enhanced my passion. I think it's just enhanced me as a person. It's like helped me grow, get in there and you're overwhelmed at first. And then you're starting to see, uh, it all gets like clarity. Um, I always compare new things to, I was with, with sports. Like when they say, uh, a, when a, when a, when a rookie quarterback goes from college to the NFL, yeah, the game is too fast for them at first. Yep. Yep. And then as they get used to it, the game actually slows down. Yeah. And so I feel like that's how it was when I first started mixing music and other stuff with my voice. And then now I feel like it's out. Oh, it's been a couple of years. It's actually starting to slow down where I can see <laughs> right, yeah. the influences from all the things I love um, throughout all those avenues. Yeah, it's great to move into that space. I, I was checking out su- uh, Subtle Bodies there and really, really, uh, really dig on what you're doing there. And um, yeah, like I said, the, you know, the the interaction of the sounds, uh, you know, of the music and uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, definitely a, a, a great, just a great place um, uh, to go to. I uh, wanted to ask you, um, maybe there's the, the lead into, um, uh, the something rather than nothing question, but uh, it, there's a distinct and important uh, uh, presence of the feminine uh, in 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 your work in the uh, in the poetry in a title. Um, God is a woman. And I, I wonder, you know, uh, you know, we're just sitting here talking about this. And I would say that for my show, um, you know, I was trying to say, well, uh you know, how do we, who, who, how do we interact with folks? And I, I, I represent, you know, three, 
out of four of my members within, you know, union work are, are women. And I've ended up with a, just a, a billion conversations that are the ones you might have with your union rep or the, uh, the, <laughs> the ones you have when, when you're struggling, you know, so personally and professionally. And, and through that, the show is uh, really, um, uh, been honoring but celebrating and me being excited by talking to all my guests but uh, the importance of women and female first uh, athletes and such but um so uh could you talk a bit about uh that that work um and sure. uh, you know the the presence or your um uh, relationship uh with um uh the feminine in your work sure yeah i think I think I always just had good relationships uh, with women. And I also think I've, it's because of uh, losing my father when I was a teenager and my mom just being, you know, the like the everything and my sister, my older sister, just these sort of powerful, um, you know, I look at some of the stuff that my mom had to go through with all that and keep it together, losing your husband and then having to still like, raise your son and and so i think there's always just been and then in my family very strong uh powerful women that kind of always looked after us and and so i think there's always been sort of something in my mind that there's just a uh, power and a strength and and then as you know and then as you age and you just you just learn other experiences and what people go through and different things like that uh, it just it was just always I don't want to say interesting. It was, I look at things where I can't grow as a person if I'm only ever putting myself in situations where it's someone that's would be in the same shoes as me, you know, and whether that's personal growth or artistic growth, there's just so much to learn from people that aren't in, in your shoes. Um, and I just find that throughout life, art, uh, there's just obviously like a feminine power that, th that thrives, uh, and also just within uh, individuals. And I would say vice versa, you know, that there's like a masculine power that, that is built within the, the feminine too, that, I, you know, I believe in that kind of like interesting duality where we're like a container of everything, uh, whether, we, you know, whether we like to think of it or not, where, you know, there's as much. And the simplest terms, light and dark. You know, I believe that there's all these ingredients within all of us that if we allow ourselves to be open to them, that, you know, through other experiences, they'll actually tap into it within us. And whether, you know, so it's a, a man. So these interactions and relationships you cultivate with women will actually, if you're really listening and experiencing, will start to. Uh, make that prosper within you. Um, and so I think a lot of it just stems from both the lived experience and the, the benefit of having, you know, like uh, strong women help raise me and then have great sort of lasting personal friendships with women and then even delving into sort of like the romantic side of stuff and just analyzing that uh, it's just always been, it's just one interesting to allow that grow within myself. And then two, 
if you do start to cultivate a voice or a presence in a space or whether it's New York City or the Tri-State or, or whatever it is, I mean, there's always part of me that's actively thinking, how can I, like, utilize my voice in different ways, but in a way that feels like it's still my voice and I'm not just, like, preaching to the choir. And um, even that experiential life within, like, artistic circles and still seeing how women are sort of, like, held down or have to work differently in the room or what person's trying to leverage their power of this space to you know like and so even that you're like you take a step back and you're like i could just step into the room and be as comfortable as fuck as all as i want because yeah because i you know no one's gonna mess with me or whatever it is um yeah and i think that's all just been embedded into my brain uh and then in the my artistic life i've i've just cultivated a lot of great friendships with some amazing female artists that I have these sort of, I guess, intellectual conversations with the feminine, the masculine, and, and just the blending of how that feeds into our lives and how that can feed into our art. And God as a woman came out of all of what I'm kind of saying to you. Um, but as a reflection of I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not religious. Uh, and someone had pro- pro- a, a female friend had proposed to me, well, and how would you identify God? And I just kind of kept coming back to like all these different aspects of femininity throughout my life, whether it was uh, familiar or sexual or romantic or um, and how that was sort of fueling that. And I was like, oh, I think I would say uh, God's a woman, then, you know, in the here and now. Yeah. And um well, one of the things, uh, and, 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 and I appreciate that and it's a great conversation. I, uh, I, uh, I found, um, maybe even looking back too, when it comes to kind of, um, uh, artists and, um, I would say, um, uh, literary giants in, in my own head and, and recently, uh, uh, outsized influence of Kathy Acker and her a uh, punk writing, uh, poetry and, and attitude. And, and recently, um, a very important artist in my, uh, thinking Sinead O'Connor, I'm going in a, a deep study, uh, which really, uh, for my own brain and the bean I have upstairs is for my own understanding of everything, um, that was important and what was the complete rebel or what was the complete rejection of crime and misogyny and, you know, like in, in just the, the full reckoning of that. So it's really been an exploration for me, but I found myself too, uh, with, uh, having more poets on the show, reading more poetry and, um, really encountering, you know, as I've studied literature my whole life and sometimes you get in a weird funky ass mood and you're like, I can't read anything new. Like, I don't know, like where's the new shit. Right. And for me, it's completely obvious. Um, the, some of the brilliant, you know, small press, uh, writers and these novels. And I have talked about going to Powell's books in Portland, which would stock these things and make sure, sure. that they're there. And it's like, 
there's so much great energy around poetry uh, and a lot of collections that I've read. And I, I've really gotten into Morgan Parker uh, as a poet, just like it feels so uh, fresh, fresh and, uh, and, and alive. And I was, it was great to hear your, you're thinking about like in 2024 and like what poetry has to bring. Cause let's face it, right. It's always the smirk. Oh, somebody's writing poetry. Oh, Jesus. All right. You know, like that type of, right. Sure. We know it. We know it. Right. You're in school and you're studying poetry and it says, shit, I'm going to read my dick. It's Emily Dickinson on the lawn and you know, fuck y'all. Like that's what I'm going to do, but it's, <laughs> that's the weird dude over there doing that. But, yeah, um, yeah. uh, so I, I've, I've, um, it's been a great opportunity for me to connect like on the show and, and into poetry and um, something I really enjoy. I just adore, I adore words. All right. So before I let you go and connecting from the, that point of God as a woman, the something rather than nothing question, which I'm sure either you want to take a crack at or you really don't, but I'm going to force you into it. Why, why is there something rather than nothing, TJ? I mean, the practical part of my brain, you know, wants to tap into that, you know, this just happened. And that me sitting here talking to you is some, well, you said coincidental <laughs> framing of events that sort yeah. of smashed atoms into each other and. I'm me because this environment could only create the, this type of organism. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, and I, and, 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 but I exist, I'm here, I'm talking to you and I'm breathing. And I think for me, the something is of our own making, whatever we want to, uh, you know, I think, and I'm fine with the fact that the something might be a facade and that this all might be nothing. I mean, I am pretty much an atheist, I guess the easiest way to explain what I believe. And I am comfortable with nothing that I am comfortable that I might just turn off like a light bulb. <laughs> but I think because I'm OK with that. And I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you. And we're having this great conversation on a Sunday afternoon that like that's the something to me that the that we it's, it's uh, I guess that the easiest way is, is is we're emotional beings. And I think all living things are emotional beings into some capacity, whether how simple or complex they are. And that emotion, that that that, that feeling, that thing we can't get the perfect words for is some is the something and i guess whether if after i die there's a whole bunch of nothing right now um joy feels really good when you can grasp <laughs> it and yeah and honestly in a weird way sadness can too if you turn it into something fruitful um and i just i don't i don't even know if this is an answer <laughs> but I, oh. I, I literally can't wrap my head around um you know uh um the the why this like it's more like it i'm kind of giving the it, it's happening right now yeah yeah in the tangible yeah, yeah that's the why the why uh, 
it's just I you can't I can't wrap my head around like you know the not. I always think about like, do I remember? Do I have any conscious memories of before I was born? Will that yeah. be what happens? Will that be what happens after? Yeah. And and I don't even have a why to that, but I think if okay, if then I'm giving this much time, I can choose to make my something not just be as good for myself. And this is like me talking now. If yeah. you talk to me, you know, when I was fucking fifteen, it'd be fuck, yeah, fuck everybody. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, that. If that is true, say there is, I was nothing before now and I might be nothing again. Something I think is in what we're doing right now, a connection, um, a fruitful connection, one that might reverberate outwards. And maybe this conversation bounces off of other people and uh, that, that, that we could, it's more of, I can't answer the why to something. But well, the, 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 there is know, there is something, and yeah. that I think uh, it's actively choosing that if I believe there might be nothing afterwards, that the something right now can be in my sphere of control, which is very little for all of us. Is that we you you can just it's such a corny thing to say, I guess, but like you 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 can make other people feel like they matter or you can put more joy or happiness into the world, like genuine joy and happiness into yeah. those you connect with. And I think that if that rewards me now, amazing. If by some crazy happenstance, I'm wrong and there is something after this, something and, and that built me some credits to, to hey. not, to not, to go up instead of down, I, you know. Um, I um, I'm with you on that. I and mean, for me, uh, you know, the, obviously behind us the whole theology. I'm a agnostic. Politically, I'm an atheist because I don't like to engage in the question. I, I I like to engage in other type of questions. That's my own particularity. Sure. But I always like uh, for me um, the philosopher Pascal, and it's Pascal's wager. And he just says at the end of the day, this is the most honest argument. It's like, all right, I got my chips right, and if I'm going to put my chips somewhere at the end of the day. I'm going to put my chips on, 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 on the eternal, on like on the God. And I'm like, I can understand that. That's like the most sure. honest thing in the world, because at the bottom, like no matter how we feel about, you know, God, Allah, Yahweh, or, or anything, sure. it's like, or, well, when it comes down to yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> we're like, it's kind of like, I never even thought of it this way, that you're, you're, we're kind of just gambling our way through this whole thing. You know, and I think maybe now that I'm thinking of it that way is why I lean towards. All right. Well, if I truly believe there's, there was nothing before me and there's going to be nothing after me. I, like in, in my mind, as I get older, it does. That doesn't even matter. Because I know what it feels like to feel good and I know what it feels like to feel like fucking shit. Yeah. And why gamble on misery? when you can put all of your cards or your money or whatever, your the pot yeah, yeah, on yeah. on like on on the on what feels good and how limited that is for myself for other people and you just I don't know it's um I'm, it's something for me I now I'm kind of think I got to write a book of God is compassion like I can hey, you know um yeah compassion is its own kind of religion if you truly buy into it and get away from those 
like I said, when you're like a young angsty person and you're just like, fuck everybody. And I don't care. Like yep. I'm miserable. So I don't care if you're fucking miserable or you're, if I'm mal and intentionally make you miserable. And you're like, if you actually release that and get away from it and, and like really buy in on compassion as a genuine thing, it's almost like that, be, that almost like, I feel like has become my religion. Um, is, is maybe, you know, why something, because, because compassion exists and it's a good fucking thing and it makes you a better person and it helps you grow and it makes other people feel good in this fucking weird thing of being No, alive. it's just weird. You know, I, I think these philosophical questions in a weird world, like, I mean, some of us are sensitive to the changes in the world. I, 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 look, there's structures in society for me. I'm out here in Oregon, USA. There's structures in society that are like around forever. And we talk about those maybe in the political realm of things that existed. But I can say for myself how the world feels right now, it doesn't even fucking resemble a few years ago. For me, whether it's me, how I've grown as an artist or what's happened out there in the world or the politics it's it just doesn't even feel the same for me uh for, for me so i can recognize um you know i can recognize the the change in that and i think um the something rather than nothing question is it's so fun because um you know there's there's a high risk and i actually even say i even pose it I pose it in a way that most others like who are philosophers would like is the how is there something rather than nothing? So there's like this whole type of thing of like, it's a massively profound uh, question. And and philosophers, uh, for me, the punk aspect of me for philosophers is like, philosophers are annoying, you know? And poets can be annoying too, like in a good way. Like it, it, you could feel wonderful with the poem or wonderful with great philosophy here. But we're irritants. We're, uh, <laughs> why, why, why? And I asked that question too. It's like, why is there something rather than nothing? I don't feel any closer. I'm five years in brother. I don't feel any closer on that. And yeah. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, maybe the sure, question has been sure. deconstructed, uh, uh, in my head, but I think, um, I think in thinking about that creatively within the show that, it opens up an expanse where all is permitted or all conversations are permitted. And um, I love that space and I've crafted it out for myself, right? Not sponsored by anybody. So I think in, you know, for you in writing and for what we do creatively, uh, when you know you're breathing some air and you're walking around and you're like, ain't nobody breathing down my neck in the thing that I'm doing right here. I'm like, yeah, uh, that's the space I want compared to other spots where um, maybe serving at somebody's behest fully or sure, half sure. believing uh, what you're doing. Uh, TJ McGowan, Everyday Bite. Tell tell um, the listeners and in, in, in don't spare details uh, where to find your stuff, where, where you show up live sure. and books and writing, uh, all that stuff. Sure. Um. Um, most socials, um, the, the everyday bite, uh, or you can search TJ McGowan. I, yeah, I have a, I, I do a side project. If you're into more like the poetry music called subtle bodies, you can find yeah. us on pretty much all your streaming services. We're very close to having our first feature length album out. Awesome. Awesome. I, uh, last year, my debut novel came out with two eye publishing. That's called 
timeless gardens and other beautiful miseries. If you like a story about a guy stuck within a timeless void that he has to feed other people's misery in order for him to survive, that's up your alley. I know. Other than that, I, <laughs> and then there's a, a companion book I'm writing with that publisher, uh, hopefully later this year. And then, yeah, if you if you're into like my poetry, um, harder to find my spoken word online, but it does exist in some spaces. But I, I have. A, a full-length book that's kind of old right now called We Are Not One Thing. And then I have the chat book that was mentioned, God is a Woman. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, sometimes I drop some things on Instagram here and there uh, to, to stay in touch with my poetic side. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's me in a nutshell. I, I, I dig it. And uh, listeners for uh, uh, TJ and I got on, uh, I was talking about a trip I made to, uh, New York City, but also uh, in, in, into the Bronx around uh, New Year's with um, uh, something rather than nothing, alum Buell Thomas, uh, philosopher and uh, musician uh, himself. And so uh, little did I know is uh, maybe I could even thrown, I got a good arm, maybe I could have thrown a rock and hit uh, TJ's window around that time. But uh, it's good to, um, uh, to, to bend over, you know, bend over that way. Uh, have this conversation. And um, I, I really appreciate it because this stuff's exciting to me, you know, words, ideas, uh, music, you know, um, it's, you know, it's important to you. What We spend our time towards things, you know, that are important. And I think uh, one of the exciting parts of the conversation is, is, you know, the space we move into uh, in music and enjoying it. And um, quite honestly, when it comes to the philosopher, to the poet, just, you know, this is, this is, this is who I am. Like, you know, you need me, right? Like y'all need me and I need you like in a sense of like, um, all right. The question, what is art? It's like underneath it is why do you do anything that you do? Dear artist, yeah. right? Like you don't have to have a great answer for that, but at the end of the day, when you're, you're screaming at your acrylic paint, and you, you know, <laughs> not sure. that I, when you punch through, when you get really frustrated, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a well-behaved painter. I'm much better in, in other uh, areas, but you know, when, when, when you, when you feel those type of things, that you find the spot um, uh, to create. So I'd like to say. Uh, TJ has been happy to create uh, with you here on the show and everybody uh, check out the everyday bite, um, uh, the, the energies of sound and, and, and music uh, from TJ. And, and, and thanks for coming on the show, brother. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. I, I really, I really love this conversation. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you.
within myself, retreating into scars. You see me in the weight of my tells and want every single detail. You come to me in the shroud of my insecure indulgence and hold my head from the flames. I want to speak of you in the way thunder speaks of light. I pulled the sound from my throat and hold it between the rain, hoping you'll steal the words from my tongue and make them yours. Give them home in the beautiful violence of how your power touches down along the earth of my soul. Every sacred collapse at the edge of our lips to dissolve in the furnace of our hearts. The lingering pain of former lives is nothing more than the echo of ghosts that can no longer kill us. The world is quiet even when it's not because your existence keeps me in the comfort of what we've stitched together from the tattered fabrics of being alive. I lie awake and watch the shadows climb down the walls and find you tucked away from it all. In a place where home is the gentle rise and fall of your chest. Our skin as quiet as the night outside my door, we are touching and not touching, bound and free, pure balance in these aging bodies, our breath wanders in the darkness like dancing winds in the farthest corners of the universe. Souls whispers free from the limits of flesh and bone. off to where dreams swim between what is and isn't. You were there too, your laughter rippling the air like a skipped rock. And I think to myself, if this is heaven, I'm finally a believer. If this is karma, I guess I was good in another life. And when I die in this one, bury me inside the soft hum of corners grown from the ordinary hours of our love.
This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is something rather than nothing podcast.